Three Tips for Allowing an Emotion Without Feeling Overpowered, Episode 65. Hi, I'm Clarenda, and you are listening to the Feel Light Mind and Body Podcast, created for women like you. Women who are experiencing success in so many areas of life, but are struggling with weight loss, stress eating, and decreased energy. Losing weight can feel hard, heavy, and restrictive. That's why every week I will be offering you a different perspective, tips, encouragement, and a unique approach so that you can feel lighter in your mind and body rather than feeling deprived, frustrated, or discouraged. What if you could feel free yet in control around food for the rest of your life? What if you could enjoy your experience of losing weight and getting healthier? You absolutely can. You're in the right place. Take this time for yourself and let's dive in. There are emotions that we readily welcome, and then there are others that we resist, suppress, or repress. Those are usually the uncomfortable or painful ones. Not all are what we would classify as negative, as I've noticed myself and my clients also resist emotions that come from compliments or success. We're not comfortable with the acknowledgement or attention for various reasons. So while these tips can apply to most situations and emotions, I'm sharing from my context of a recent loss, as that's the current circumstance that felt like it was overpowering me. However, I invite you to apply them to whatever emotion that starts to pop up and you notice that you're resisting it because you think it will overpower you. Another common thought is, I have too many things to do today to deal with it, maybe later. And how many times does later never happen? Underlying that thought is a protective mechanism of the brain to avoid pain and suffering. So rest assured, it's a natural automatic response. There's an underlying belief that if I let myself feel it and cry, then it will be all-consuming in emotional energy and time. Module 5 in the Feel Light Mind and Body program dives into our feelings and urges and what to do with them. It's an enlightening awareness for so many who, like me, believed, if I let myself cry, I'll never stop, or I won't be able to get back to the work that needs to be done today. The amazing truth is, allowing ourselves that release frees us up to think about something else. And from my experience and what my clients tell me, the time spent crying is usually only 10 to 20 minutes. Maybe you need to hear this today. Maybe your mind and body need a release instead of trying to forget about the problem by suppressing the emotion or using food, work, alcohol, Netflix, and yes, even exercise to distract yourself. That, my friend, as we know deep down, is only a temporary fix. Our lives and circumstances can change in a blink of an eye, can't they? Last Monday, I had a fulfilling day of work, enjoyed a long, beautiful walk in the snowy woods, candlelight and dinner with my love. It felt like a great day. Then I received a text from a friend asking me to call her. I knew her daughter's baby shower was coming up, so I thought it was probably to do with that. But no, it was to tell me that a dear common friend who lived thousands of miles away from us had died. Even though we knew she was battling cancer, we weren't expecting this. Our friend Christine had last been home 22 months ago, and five of us met for a long catch-up dinner, which was fun and connected. So once I hung up from talking with my friend, I reached out to the other three who had joined us that day. 
We had all met in our first year of nursing, and she lived with me and another friend for a few months. Well, as I shared her passing with the next friend, she told me of another nursing friend who had also just died. We knew she had been battling cancer for over nine years as well, and we had enjoyed dinner out with her and others a couple of summers ago. So that sickening, sad feeling now just doubled. About 30 minutes later, when I was answering my cousin's message, she shared that a childhood friend, who then became my neighbor in my current city, was on life support. She had been diagnosed with MOGAD disease only a few weeks ago, but it was running rapidly in her body. MOGAD is an autoimmune disorder that has similar symptoms to MS, multiple sclerosis. So trust me, this feel light mind and body coach felt very heavy. And that leads to tip number one. Remind yourself the feeling of heaviness, sadness, disbelief, anger, or any other emotion that stems from grief is 100% to be expected and is normal. Grief is also not a linear line of progress. It's messy and necessary. I don't believe in spiritual bypassing moments like these, meaning I'm not going to try to dismiss or avoid feeling these emotions for spiritual or any other reason. Hey, as someone who follows Jesus, who was part human and part God, well, he also wept and experienced the spectrum of emotions. We need to be aware to not gaslight ourselves either. If you notice yourself thinking you're too sensitive, too emotional, or even too crazy when you express your emotions, needs, or concerns, consider how unsupportive, inconsiderate, and unloving that is. You would never treat someone you love that way, right? I've experienced that gaslighting before, not only from others, but also from myself. But once I became aware of it, I no longer tolerate it from anyone, including myself. You may notice I share experiences in my life authentically and vulnerably, as I want to save you some steps and time in unnecessary suffering and offer you a new belief that you don't have to live in your brain's instinctual patterning of all or nothing thinking. Tip number two, ask yourself, what will help me feel even 10% lighter? It is possible to feel sad while also feeling moments of happiness. How often do we say, Those are bittersweet moments as we recall past fun or meaningful times together. That also applies to someone you are no longer in a close relationship with. So I ask the question, how can I feel lighter? Not as a means to escape the emotions, but while feeling them, intentionally pick what I will focus on that I can change. What we can change is our perspective. We can acknowledge that we're feeling like it's not fair and be okay with feeling that for a while. But ultimately, we have to be loving and kind to ourselves and say, sweetheart, no amount of continual resentment will allow you to move through it. The only way to heal and move through it is to name the emotion that you're feeling and let it just be there with acceptance. Give it space or else it will be a heaviness that will drag on and keep you from enjoying the lighter moments. Then ask, What else can I feel with this that can bring me more into alignment with my values? Is it still important to show up for myself and those I love? And then answer your own question. It will be a powerful reminder. An emotion that I tapped into when my dad passed away was love and gratitude for the amazing dad that he was. 
That did contribute to the sadness that I was feeling. But in this case, I wanted to feel it. I didn't give myself a hard time for being sad. I recognize that every situation is unique to each individual. Even so, my hope is you can be encouraged by at least one of these thoughts and tips. As always, I'd love for you to share which one resonated the most with you in one of the comments on our socials or hit reply to an email. We all know someone dealing with something heavy or overwhelming, so please be a light and share this episode with them. You can easily do this by clicking on the three dots in the upper right-hand corner and choosing Share Episode. It will give you various ways like Messenger, email, text, LinkedIn, Instagram, WhatsApp, and more. Also, I'd love to hear another tip that you may have from an experience. Another way that I felt lighter was simply by sharing memories with a friend. There was an exchange of grieving the future they will never have with their loved ones. Part of my first evening was reviewing previous messages I'd exchanged over the years. I smiled at some. I felt regret for not having reached out to them in the new year. And then I had to give myself self-compassion and grace for not doing so. I exchanged messages with one of the family members who will miss her only sibling at a deeper level than I can even begin to imagine. It blessed her to see her sister smiling and being honored in a Facebook story I shared of our last time together. I'm meeting one of my friends for a walk tomorrow, and it will be a time of closure as we reminisce and celebrate their lives and friendships. I know we'll draw strength from each other. So, if you're grieving the ending of a relationship, the death of a person or pet, a new diagnosis, a job loss, or whatever it is, please don't isolate yourself. And ask, what is one thing I can do or think that will help me feel even 10% lighter? I'm going to add a complimentary free 20-minute virtual session with me in this episode's description notes. If you need a place to feel seen, heard, and understood, then don't hesitate to click the link and choose a time that works for you. That is part of me asking myself, how can I bring good out of a bad situation? Changing this week's episode topic to this subject and offering you a safe place to share are two ways that help me feel 10% lighter. When someone our age dies, we're more apt to think about our mortality, aren't we? Wow, they unexpectedly got that diagnosis. And with that came the uncertainty of how many days, months, or years remain. We realize, that could so be me right now. I noticed I was thinking about my own life and death more than I did with my dad's passing, because these were women my age. We expect it more in seniors, maybe? not for those in the prime of their lives. Our mortality is suddenly moved to the forefront of our minds. It's normal to wonder how we might die. Will we suffer? How will I react? How will others react? What will they feel? I immediately thought about my daughter Brianna as an only child, which evoked additional sadness and some worry. The phrase that we often say, life is short, is suddenly very real and true. So after thinking about all of the tips I could share, I decided on this one for tip number three. Consider your own mortality, but not from fear. From fear, you may make rash emotional decisions that aren't realistic and leave you feeling worse when the emotion begins to dissipate and willpower runs out. Be patient and compassionate. 
it's healthy and a good practice to consider your mortality. Most definitely do a personal check-in and lifestyle review. Ask questions like, what changes do I want to make in my life right now? Where might I be sweating the small stuff? If I'm not happy with my stress level, then what's the next step I can take to be proactive? You might not feel like doing it right now, but choose a date, put it on your calendar, and then honor that reflection time when the day comes. Look at your current heart rate, sleep quality, quality and quantity of food and drink intake, activity and mobility, inflammation, stress level, cholesterol, liver enzymes, fasting blood sugar levels, or other health metrics like waist-to-hip ratio, which is an indicator of cardiovascular risk. It might not feel good to do so, but it will feel better if you can look at it with love and self-compassion instead of shame and blame. No, you can't change your past, but you can start now and change your future health to feel lighter in your heart, mind, and body. If love and compassion are too far of a reach, then try to come to a neutral, objective examination, as if you were looking at a friend's stats and life choices. When we consider our mortality, we gain a new appreciation for every moment, every hug, every picture taken, every conversation or time spent together. Before I recap these three tips and add a few other tidbits, I want to give you some added hope on a recent update. This exciting news is in response to feedback from women who found me after the doors to the Feel Light Mind and Body three-month program closed. Over the years, I've also received regret messages from those who were interested but had decided to try again what they were familiar with, which, by the way, is very common as our brain likes to keep us in our comfort zone. So maybe your January plan is kind of petering out and you're ready for something different, something that is going to be sustainable. My assistant and I have restructured the process so that you can get the support, tools, and tactics now to optimize your health and lifestyle changes. Why wait to feel lighter in your mind and body? You can join while you're thinking, I need or want to do this now. I don't want to have to wait another six months and maybe gain another 10 to 30 pounds while waiting. I don't want to wait for my wake-up call. I don't want to wait until I'm hearing a diagnosis I'm not happy with. No, life is too short, as I've just been reminded, even for us middle-agers. Yes, I still see the 50s as the later part of the middle-age bracket, if we believe we're going to live until at least our high 90s. And by the way, I don't want to just live until then with breath. I want to live to that age with vitality, mobility, and pain-free. How about you? So, yes, this private Feel Light Mind and Body community can begin today if you want it to. Regardless of when you join, you will have 12 weeks, and then you can decide, like the others, if you want to continue on or not. This online private community is filled with women so similar to you in what they were struggling with, and are at various points in their feel light journey. That adds richness to the continual fresh energy and ahas. Since many people wonder which option is best, the private coaching package or the group package, you can use that same free 20-minute no-obligation or pressure consult link that's in this episode's description as well. I can help you make an empowered decision that will leave you feeling relieved and peaceful at whatever you choose. That peace comes from liking your reasons for whatever option you feel is best for you. Okay, let's recap with some added thoughts. Tip number one, 
Remind yourself the feeling of heaviness, sadness, disbelief, anger, or any other emotion that stems from grief is 100% to be expected and is normal. And I want to add, I'm sharing today, not as an expert in grief, but as a person like you who has experienced various forms of grief from a change in relationship, career identity, unmet expectations, death, and more. I can't begin to understand how devastating it would be to lose a child or young adult like my friends Heather and Dave, Corey and Tracy, Lisa, Tiffany, Darcy, my cousins Janet, Chad, and others I haven't named here today. I'm sure they felt overpowered for weeks on end and still have days like that, but I've also watched them all cope in their unique way, some taking their pain and turning it into their purpose some questioning, and then strengthening their faith. One parent experiencing anger while the other one was in a depression stage. Everyone's experience is unique, so please don't compare yourself to anyone else, okay? Part of my brain said, Clarenda, you shouldn't be taking this so hard. They weren't your children. Maybe you have experienced the same thing. Remember, don't let yourself gaslight you. Your little T and someone else's big T, T for trauma, both produce emotions. Whatever that looks like is our experience to work through with kindness, love, and understanding. Got it? Doing so can help decrease the overwhelm because you're giving the emotion space, permission, and an outlet. My outlet was praying, which I did best by writing it all out on paper, talking to friends, going for a walk, and the other things I've mentioned. If I hadn't taken the time to do that, I wouldn't have been able to show up powerfully for Thursday's group coaching Zoom and support others. And if you don't give yourself permission to allow those emotions and hold space for them, then you might not be showing up for the ones that also need you and you need them. Don't isolate yourself. Tip number two, what will help me feel even 10% lighter today? And do that. If it means asking for help, do it. There's a difference between allowing the emotions and allowing them to consume you and your life. Your loved one would not want you to stay frozen in time and just go through the motions of life. They would say, live life even more fully and intentionally. Don't waste one moment. Love openly, give generously, and take care of your heart, mind, and body starting right now in this very moment. If you felt some resistance with this tip, What will help me feel even 10% lighter today? Consider that the entire day doesn't have to be bad and sad. Those moments or hours can be there, and it's also okay to share smiles, gratitude, and maybe even laughs as you recall beautiful times that you had with that friend or family member. It's the best way to get through it, adding gratitude wherever possible. You can acknowledge the positive things in your life along with the truth of your sadness and grief. In doing so, you'll be more apt to keep your head above water and not feel like you're drowning. Tip number three was to consider your own mortality, but not from a place of fear. It's healthy and a good practice to consider your mortality. Decide to be proactive. Regret will naturally pop up, but regret is only helpful for one reason. To learn about ourselves and the habits that don't serve us in the long run. It can help us from repeating the same mistakes if we don't ignore them or use this new awareness to beat ourselves up. It can motivate us to make better decisions moving forward. I have my share of regrets, and I've learned and will continue to learn from these indicators. 
One area of growth for me, and I now encourage the same in others, is to be deliberate in making a decision, rather than letting time make it for you. Oops, I missed the deadline to register. Oh, I waited too long trying to find the perfect flight, and now it's gone. I wish I had booked that doctor's appointment. Quite simply, the worst decision is indecision, because you're giving your power away and are at the effect of an external factor, not an internal choice. So think, what is one decision that you've been putting off that you don't want to regret not making? Let that be your decision to make today. A few other random tips that helped me while in this immediate grief and sadness was to decide, what do I have the capacity to do today that's on my schedule? Can I move a few things to another day or delegate it to someone else? I hardly had a creative thought in my mind. So even though creating podcast content was on my schedule for Tuesday, I exchanged it for a recorded training that I had scheduled for today. It ended up being a bonus for me as that training was valuable and very timely for the circumstance. In life coaching, the beauty is we teach what we also need and are committed to practicing. Next, protect your energy and mental bandwidth. I saw messages popping up in a group thread that wasn't related to this current circumstance, and I just let them be until a few days later. Then I gave a brief explanation for why I wasn't my usual responsive friend, and they totally understood. Even if they hadn't, I knew I had to take care of me, because if we don't, there's no guarantee that someone else will, right? Trust me on that. I've learned that the hard way, which is another story for another time. Grief, loss, and stress of any kind can feel all-consuming. Have you experienced that at one time or another? I noticed myself obsessively checking my friend's sister's profile for an update on whether she was still on life support or not. While that's a natural tendency, it wasn't helping me feel any better or be able to focus on helping others. My final bonus tip is to be aware not to project your own current feelings on other things happening in your circle. Let me give you some context. One of my besties was having surgery the next morning after finding out this bad news. I had to manage my mind to not let it catastrophize and go into worst case scenario. I had to ground myself in faith and surrender it along with praying that she would come through to full recovery. No amount of checking her family's updates was going to speed up the process. I decided I would check every hour on the hour rather than every few minutes. That was a compromise for my mind that was more manageable and allowed for some focused training time. Oh, and of course I used the trusty thought download tool along with other resources from the Feel Light Mind and Program to help me navigate that messy line of grief. It was very helpful to do that prior to going to bed, so it was all left on paper, and I could reassure my mind that there was nothing else I could do. I felt as equipped and supported as possible this week. It didn't change the sadness, but it made it easier. I know this is the love month, and I was planning on having a feel-good topic on love to kick off February, but I do believe this is a love topic. Think about it. Can grief exist without having experienced some form of love first? Let me know what you think. Now, do yourself the biggest favor. From love, take at least one action step from what you learned today. Knowledge without application won't give you the results that you desire. Let me know on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, what you are choosing to do and when. And yes, 
please leave a podcast review wherever you are listening to this. When people read your words and can see themselves in them, then you are contributing to women empowering other women. And that feels amazing. You just might change or save a life today.